0: Hey everyone! Hey. Welcome back to Slumber Party, episode seven.
1: Seven 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 angel numbers.
0: Like the Silk Sonic song, yes. without the angel numbers part. Mm. Um, like we're going to Vegas. Anybody?
1: Anyone going to Vegas with us? Vegas with Slumber Party. Who's in?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Must be twenty-one or over.
1: So neither of us are going. to I do know.
0: This. Um, this summer, check it out. Oh, yeah. We'll put the details somewhere. <laughs> anyway this episode we're talking about fandoms yeah are you in a fandom
1: i think everyone's in a fandom even if you don't realize you're in a fandom you like if you have an interest in something you're probably like i thought
0: you just said before we were rolling (laughs) (laughs) that not everyone is in a fandom
1: well maybe she's switching up on me guys (laughs) maybe a girl's mind changes a little bit um yeah real no yeah like, okay, Cassie and I had a little conversation right before this, um, and I was like, I don't think everyone's in a fandom. And Cassie was like, I think everyone is. And I was like, I really don't think so. Like, what about people, like, who just, like, like sports? And it's like, that's, that's literally, literally a, fandom. a fandom.
0: And then I pressed record, and Bella was like, and I think I everyone's it. in a fandom.
1: <laughs> and then I switched up real quick, yeah. Um, No, but it's so true. Cassie, elaborate on that, because it's your intellectual property.
0: Yes, um... I don't know. Do people say they're not in fandoms? I mean, I'm guessing older people probably don't consider like they don't tell people like I'm in the I'm in the NBA fandom, (laughs) you know, (laughs) even though you guys are um, you're engaging in fandom just by like going to games Mm -hmm. and buying merch and having conversations about it. So whether you like it or not, you're in a fandom, I bet.
1: Yeah,
0: I bet my grandma's in fandoms and she doesn't even know it.
1: Did you say grandma's?
0: Yeah. I actually only have one grandma. The other one died.
1: Oh. Wait, me too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, did you want to tell, uh, your story that I don't know what it's about?
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. So, right before this, I was in an interview, um, for an internship. And literally, in the interview, I started talking about how I was in the Marina and the Diamonds fandom in middle school, um and I was talking about how like being a part of like social spaces, like virtually that were just like dedicated solely to like music artists and like being like a fan and like a super fan that like really strongly impacted like how I like saw the music industry. Um, and like, it's like actually crazy to think about the fact that like my experiences from when I was in middle school became like, a professional thing that I was talking about that, mm-hmm. like, gave me leverage in, yeah. like, the company, because I was like, oh, I have, like, experience with, like, fan being Social media social management. Social
0: media. <laughs> Your fan page. <laughs> I,
1: I didn't say social media management. But, um, it's just, like, it's crazy to think that, um, that, like, fandom is, like, so pervasive. And I haven't, like, actively, like, I haven't actively to my knowledge been a part of a fandom in the way that I've been a part of a fandom since, like, Middle school, early high school, but, like, still to this day, like, I have things that I'm, like, really big fans of that, like, I guess you could call them, so. I don't know. It's I would
0: disagree. I'd say you're heavily involved in the Cassie Nation.
1: That is so real. I'm co-president of yeah. Cassie Nation fan club. Mm-hmm. It's actually just called Cassie Nation. It has a sleeker, more modern feel. <laughs> you're, like, seeker I'm really throwing up. Um, yeah, so... Yeah,
0: true. So, yeah, we're just basically going to talk about, if anybody here has been in a fandom, well, we already addressed, you have been in one, and you just don't, maybe you don't know it. Um, We're just going to talk about the best fandoms, the worst fandoms, how they have changed over time with technology. Typical slumber party analysis. Yeah,
1: typical.
0: So, first, I want to start with, I'm going to ask the question, what's the best fandom you've been a part of?
1: Well I feel like okay this is a fandom that I always wished I was a part of that mm-hmm. I've always like admired from afar and even like in the time period I was like oh my god that's so cool mm-hmm. um, the early 2010s like general book fandom like when it was like a thing to like love like young adult like fiction books mm-hmm. like that is a fandom that I like adored like Okay, so we're talking like Hunger, the Hunger Games? Games, yeah. Yeah, I, you
0: know. Divergent.
1: Divergent. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, The Fault in Our Stars.
0: I read that one. Yeah,
1: like it was like the John Green cinematic universe, mm-hmm. but for like, like young girls. Like
0: today, yeah. this is unrelated. But today I was in class, and I was thinking about how I, I was thinking about a joke where I'm like, I don't know what the word neurodivergent means. Is it like a super hulak? <laughs> And I was like sitting in class, and I was like, I should tell people that. He's
1: like, Yeah, that's a banger.
0: Yeah, because I was th- I, whenever people say neurodivergent, I think of the book series Divergent. Yeah. And I'm like, Is it the same thing? Like, is it? So you didn't read any of those
1: books? Um, I I read The Hunger Games, and I was like really actively like involved in like buying like Hunger Games merch when I was in like fifth grade. Mm-hmm. But I was never really involved in like the like social media aspect of the book fandom me too
0: i was too small
1: i was (laughs) i was
0: actually five foot six when i was 10 but i was too young i mean
1: like real but um like i like in my head the distinction in fandom is like if you are like actively like like participating in the fan culture Mm -hmm. and like actively like on social media like that makes you like that like in my head that's what registers as like really involved in the fandom as opposed to just like a passive enjoyer of something
0: in my head like i didn't become like a true part of fandoms Mm, not exactly but Mm. until like when i didn't have twitter i never felt like i was fully in like a fandom yeah because that's where everything goes down
1: and like or used to yeah like the twitter fans were always like at the top of the food chain because they were mm-hmm. always the most, like, brutal. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think even though I was never, like, really a part of it, the the early 2010s young adult fiction book fandom, like, mm-hmm. that general... So specific. So specific, but, like, it was, like, I don't know. I feel like all of the, like, content was very, like, like... I don't know, very, like, telling of the time. Like, mm-hmm. it was, like, I'm thinking about that one meme that's, like, pita from the hunger games and it's like a cover of um uh it's like i set fire oh to the bread. I, <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, yeah i know what you're talking about like
1: that. give it a rate um, i'm thinking
0: of i can't i can't even think of the exact phrasing but just those posts where it would be like be fearless like katniss <gasps> be diversion like i don't even know what the character's name is like uh shailene woodley <laughs> <laughs> and like
1: real no it'd be yeah I oh my god and also like Harry Potter was like kind of involved in that but Mm -hmm. not like as much because it wasn't like they
0: were too separate. It was a
1: little too separate, but it was still like part of it.
0: I feel like they were the not to say divergent. They were like they diverged from from the what?
1: I was gonna say like I'm thinking like Harry Potter and like Percy Jackson were like the Mm. predecessors of. Oh yeah, yeah. Like
0: no, yeah. That's why like Hunger Games was like the alternative. If you weren't in Harry Potter, then I was like, oh, there's a new book series coming out with movies.
1: The um, Hunger Games was Five Seconds of Summer to the...
0: One Direction fandom, which was Harry Potter. Harry Potter, oh my Uh, god. Yeah.
1: Okay, it makes so much sense. No, I know. Like, wow.
0: Stuff like that happened often where it was like... There would be like the... I guess you could call like the parent fandom, Mm -hmm. and then there would be like the... Child that would come out of it,
1: yeah. I think another example of that same thing is like Taylor Swift. Like, if you're a fan of Taylor Swift, then you like if you're a t- fan of Taylor Swift, you'll like um Jack Antonoff because of that. Mm-hmm. And then, like, even though like he like produces her music and stuff, like mm-hmm. she like comes first because she is what introduced you to Jack, Antonoff, yeah, and she like constantly is supporting Jack Antonoff. So that's yeah like kind of like parent fandom vibes
0: that's why like sometimes though it would annoy me like when people it's obvious it, it's obvious when some people you can tell that they only like the child fandom because of, which is like kind of sad, yeah, you know what I mean like Jack Antonoff, like I don't really listen to his music, but obviously like I know he's talented because like of his work with Taylor Swift, mm-hmm. but like I feel like his bass fandom. If it wasn't for Taylor Swift, it would be, like, a different demographic.
1: If it was just, like, bleachers and, like, Mm. fun, like... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he
0: obviously... He did have fans before them. Or before Taylor.
1: But, like, Taylor changed the game. Yeah. Yeah, That's what I thought.
0: I actually would like Jack to come on the show. Jack, we're a New Jersey radio station.
1: Oh, my God. That's why I, like, love him... Like, I'm no, like, literally just because he's from New Jersey.
0: Me too. No, I'm
1: literally like, okay. Like, I Jersey know. I'm like, guys. okay, white
0: boy. <laughs> I'm like, that okay, Stuart silly. Little glasses. <laughs> Does Stuart Little wear glasses? Or was it the little boy that wore them? Caillou? Caillou? Does he wear
1: glasses?
0: No, he's bald.
1: <laughs> um. Anyway. Okay,
0: so. Did you? Oh, okay, I never said my best fandom. Mm. Um, I i literally posed the question and i didn't have an answer because there's not just one but i've noticed that and this kind of applies to basically this applies to many things in life when the group is smaller it's um there's like a more positive experience with fandoms like there's a like when i was a halsey fan like 2014 and when she was like when not she wasn't not famous because she obviously had fans but when she was like just coming up her fandom was like the most like sweet and positive people and then when she got bigger that's when like the toxicity came Mm. so i find that a lot of um like more niche groups those are like the better fandoms because there's just like the people like them because they genuinely like the music they're not just like following a trend or like following a wave and yeah
1: i think something that's really interesting about cassie and i's friendship she was a Halsey stan in, like, middle school, and I was a Marina. Still am. Yeah, true. But, Lucky. like, I'm talking about specifically middle school. When true. The, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, I know oh, what yeah. you're talking about. Um, she was a Halsey stan in middle school. I was a Marina and the Diamond stan in middle school. And there was, like, a rivalry, not between artists, but mm-hmm. between fans for some reason. And I can't yeah. remember why. And I literally do between not Between Marina and
0: Halsey specifically?
1: Stans, like...
0: Really? Yeah. I know there was one between Melanie and Halsey. Yeah.
1: And I
0: been... I think yeah, yeah it part is part Melanie, it, yeah. I think. Melanie, um we see how that turned out. So <laughs> just keep it in real. But yeah, that was a weird thing where it was like there couldn't be two young. I think it wasn't Marina and Halsey cuz Marina was like older. Yeah. So she had like she had the respect to her name, mm. but Melanie Martinez and Halsey, they came out <laughs> at the same time like they're they're like (laughs) their popularity like like badlands came out in like 2000 august 2015 and crybaby came out in like july or june of 2015 Mm -hmm. so they both rose to fame at the same time so it was like there can't be two indie artists which like still exists today because like Billie eilish she's like the only one and then like when olivia rodrigo came out it was like we can't have two but olivia's pop so she like kind of get out but what i was gonna say well what were you gonna say
1: i was just gonna say it's funny because like in middle school there was the unspoken rivalry which like probably boils down to misogyny i can't really or like internalized misogyny I can't oh remember, yeah, yeah yeah exactly like what it was like i about. said
0: there there could only be one like female yeah. artist even though there's like how many alternative male artists yeah you know the story you
1: know yeah if you're a slumby slum- <laughs> if you're a slumby
0: oh my god our fandom name, slumbies. <laughs> Guys, let us know in the comments if you like that.
1: It makes it sound like like Slumby would be the name of like an unidentified like blob. Like Slumby, Slumby the Blob. Oh, we should Aww. sell that. Oh, Slumby the unidentified. He's cute. Oh. Anyways. <laughs> um, um just that we are best friends and in middle school our fandom said beef. But also, like, going back to that, like Halsey and um Melanie Martinez. Even though they, like, rose to fame at the same time and, like, released an album at the same time, whatever, Mm -hmm. they are, like, like their music was so different from Mm -hmm. each other. Like, they were both, like, alternative, but, like, I think, like, very, very different spectrums of alternative. Because, like, Halsey was, like, indie, like, dreamy, Mm -hmm. whatever. Like, you can speak better about Mm -hmm. that. But then, like, Melanie had, like, a very, like, specific, catered, artistic vision.
0: Yeah. What was going on with that girl?
1: Yeah. She was 20
0: years (laughs) old and dressing like a baby.
1: There's a lot to psychoanalyze there.
0: I know. I was like 14 then, so I was like, oh, this is like a cool concept. But But looking back, I'm like... "Uh."
1: I think when you're like a young teen girl and you see like such like specific creative direction, it's like kind of like really sick.
0: Mm -hmm. No, it was. I mean, I still like... Not to cut you off. I still like... Her artistry, it like was cool how she created like that whole like... I don't know, just like the concepts and some of it was weird. She would like cut off baby doll heads. Um, The reason we're speaking about Melanie, by the way, if you didn't know in past tense, she had some allegations come out against her Mm -hmm. and we believe survivors. So not survivors. I don't know. Is the word survivors?
1: Well, you could say survivors. Victims. You could say all
0: the above. We believe the victim. This is true. And multiple came out. So
1: very true.
0: Back to the story.
1: But Melanie Martinez, I got um, really into her music before Crybaby had come out, and it was only her Dollhouse EP. Mm-hmm. And when it was just her Doll Dollhouse EP, mm-hmm. it, like, wasn't as, like, baby Like, do you, yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? It wasn't as, like... Like, I, I think at a certain point with Crybaby, it became, like, crossing a little bit of a boundary mm-hmm. about, like, things being, like, a little weird, like, the child, like, motifs being a little, like... Mm-hmm. Like, too much, but with Dollhouse, it was like very just like I don't even know. She
0: it was did, like American Horror Story vibes,
1: yeah. Like, it was like American Horror Story. Um, the idea of like, like, she had a lot of like hand drawn like illustrations and stuff that she made herself of like dollhouses. And like, um, I don't know, just she had a, like a cool vibe that like kind of reminded me of Rookie Yearbook. Um, mm-hmm. and that's why she like and she had like like s- split tone hair or whatever it's yeah. called. Like, I think she, she still does, right? Yeah crazy stuff but she just had like a cool like vibe and i like mm-hmm.
0: that I yeah was- and it was like very unique to that time yeah. nobody was like wearing the stuff and like acting like she was mm-hmm. um but now she's canceled yeah i so... don't respect her but... <laughs> um also when me and bella first hung out listen to episode two we talk about the story mm-hmm. um we found out that we both went to the same melanie martinez concert in like yeah. 2015 which is funny
1: which is so funny and i um there's a really funny photo from uh that day of like my friends and i where we're all wearing like really like
0: those are so like melanie fan like that was a classic melanie fan photo
1: classic melanie fan photo um you're just gonna have to like visualize it in your brain Um we could
0: put it nowhere you can (laughs) imagine it
1: yeah so we're all wearing very like melanie coated outfits um and it's just like so telling of the time and yeah i think also um the idea of like uh like self-expression in fandoms is really interesting too because i feel like people will take elements of the fandom and like literally make it into like their personal expression and like personality and like personal style um which I find really interesting because like you can, if you look through like photos of me throughout the, um, throughout the years, you can like, so tell what fandom I was in based on what I was wearing. Mm -hmm. Like in my like Marina era, like when her album fruit dropped, like I was wearing like very, I was wearing outfits that like looked like the like vision she had for that album. I was wearing like, Mm -hmm. um, like eighties inspired stuff and like, like, stuff with fruit on it literally um and when i was in my melanie era i was wearing a lot of like pastels and stuff so Mm -hmm. yeah i
0: wish i could say the same but i like didn't want to buy new clothes so (laughs) valid um what do you think is the worst fandom you've been a part of
1: um so this isn't a fandom i've been a part of but it's just one that's like really interesting to me which is the once fandom um i remember like witnessing it on tumblr in like like 2013 or 2014 um i remember like witnessing it but i was never part of it and then i watched a video essay on it kind of recently and i was like oh my god this is insane but basically like the concept of it is the classic the lorax movie that was released in like the early 2010s the like cgi one um so The Lorax movie itself did not, like, develop a fandom. But a fandom, like, was, like, came to fruition from the Lorax movie about the Onceler, because people were, like, attracted to the Onceler, and they, like, thought he was an interesting character. So they created a fandom just for that character. And then they started, like, writing, like, fan fiction about him and, like, whatever, like, standard normal... Um, but then they, since the fandom wasn't about anyone else in the movie, and the fandom was only about the once they started wanting to, like, ship the once with other people, but there was no one else to ship him with, so they started shipping the once with alternate versions of the once So, like, yeah, that is, like, I think the most bizarre thing that I've ever heard come out of a fandom. It gets so much deeper than that, by the way. If you look up, um onesler fandom analysis on youtube there's this like really great youtube essay video essay on it it's like 40 minutes long it's literally so interesting and um i highly recommend you look into it but yeah was never a part of that witnessed it and i think that it is one of the most like interesting fandom phenomenons i've ever heard of
0: yeah i was just looking up there's like a tumblr blog that it's called onesler confessions 2022 <laughs>
1: 2022.
0: So they are actively updating.
1: It, that, it's been like a decade. I think
0: the worst fandom... I don't want to say it because I don't want them to come after us, but I, first I can say that I think One Direction was the blueprint for the boy bands that exist today. Um, One Direction fans, they weren't I mean, I'd I'd have to freshen up on my knowledge, but I don't think they were as bad as I think. I think people who shipped Larry Stylenson, which is Harry Styles and Louis Tomlinson, were insane. And they still are. There are people to this day running fan pages, posting and insisting that these two men who haven't talked to each other in probably five years are married and secretly and they're not telling each other. And, like, they genuinely think this. And it's it's so scary. It's delusional.
1: I think delusional is a really good word for that. Because, like, I I remember, like, in, like, whenever, like, One Direction was, like, really, really at their their peak, people would be posting stuff about, like, Larry Stylanson. And the thing is, if they ever were, like, a thing, if they ever had, like, crushes on each other, if they ever were, like, dating for, um, like, a brief moment, mm-hmm. publicly... Like, as fans, publicly talking about it and publicly being like, this is this is what's happening, and it's real, and they're in they love. Like, publicly, like, making blogs about it and, like, being weird about it won't help their relationship. It would only, like, drive them further from each know. other. If they're already denying that's a thing. So, yeah.
0: I think they they were probably, like... I mean, they not to speak for them, but they were probably, like, the driving force. Like, that's why for the rest of the years that they were in the band, like, they never... They rarely interacted because they knew any small clip of them, even just looking at each other, would go viral. And it would be like, oh my god. Like, Larry moment.
1: And it's like, like it's 2 coworkers talking. Mm-hmm. Like, they're literally, like, having a normal person conversation.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's crazy to me, though, that people are still insisting. Because there's nothing at this point, if they were together, why wouldn't they just say it? They're They're not in the band anymore. They're not being managed by that company that everyone hated on because they ran one direction. There's no reason for them to not say they're just together. So if you genuinely think they're hiding, Oh my God, I, I don't even want to get into it. People will post like a picture of like Louis's story and they'll be like, Oh my God, he's in Harry's house. <laughs> Harry's house coming out May 20th, guys, check it out. But like, it's, it's it really, is just delusional. And it's like, I'm sorry, there's something going on up there. If you like, if you spend, you devote your time like, insisting these strangers are t- dating.
1: Also, I think that speaks to um, the way that fans don't understand that like artists are like real people with boundaries too. Because, the, because artists are like put on a pedestal in the way that they are, people like forget that they're humans. Um, And I think even, like, okay, even if these people are, like, incredibly wealthy, like, I think they, and, like, they, like, are so, like, removed from, like, what being, like, like, I don't know, in a fandom is, and, like, what being, like, a regular, like, working class person is like, they still deserve, like, their basic privacy respected, and they still deserve not to be treated in the way that, like, Larry was treated, because, like, the psychological damage of, like, being, like, constantly like analyzed like that and constantly watched and constantly like I don't know told you're in a relationship that you're not in while like while you're actively in other relationships with other people too it's probably like insane so I don't know I think that goes to that like I think sometimes fans they're so dedicated to the people that they love they forget that they are people too because they put them on such high pedestals. Yeah, what
0: I, I started to say, but then I got off track. Um, I was saying One Direction was like the blueprint for those fandoms. Um, mainly for like BTS fans. I hear an alarm going off. For the <laughs> BTS army. The BTS army actually won't let me be in there. I've I've tried to join, but they just they <laughs> they honorably discharge me. But anyway, the BTS fans they're, like, a whole new level, which, like, a lot of the times they are funny because they're, they have, like, no regards for anyone. <laughs> but if I was BTS, I would be so embarrassed, like, of the stuff they do on their behalf. Oh, my God.
1: Yeah. And, like, I think we could literally probably do an entire episode analyzing, like, idol culture and, like...
0: I, I yawned mean- and then Bella did. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. Fan behavior.
1: Fan <laughs> behavior. um but um like yeah what was he saying oh we could probably do an entire episode on idol culture and like the process of like becoming an idol and how like rigorous it is and how you have to go through all this training um it's a lot less like formal in like um the united states and stuff but like okay talking about bts there's this one post um where an instagram like bts stan said Sorry I haven't been posting on here a lot, guys. I started taking mood stabilizers and now I'm not obsessed with BTS anymore. And then the caption is, still love them, though, with a purple heart emoji. And I'm like, that's so real. Like, first of all, BTS Army two 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 seven 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 777 Angel Numbers, Sonic episode. Um, they were so... I don't get the
0: 222. Two, two.
1: That's just the... That was the username. Oh. Yeah, sorry, guys. Um, but... I forgot not everyone can read the exact post that I'm reading with my own two eyes as I'm reading it. Okay, anyways. But um, I think that just, like, speaks to the obsessive nature of fandoms. And, like, sometimes um, you're really just looking for something to, like, fill a void. Like... That was scary. It was real.
0: Yeah, BTS fans... It's crazy because they have, like... They have so much power because there's power in numbers. Mm-hmm. And they're they're not just... One country. They're worldwide. Um, I think BTS. They're obviously talented. But I do think it's the same thing with One Direction. Where like the fans are. Just like clouded by. I don't know. They're just clouded. Because they're surrounded by fans who like. They're surrounded by other fans who say like. Oh my god they're so talented. And like they deserve Grammys. Mm. And like. While they are really talented, talented. Talented. They're like. They're just making, like, pop music. Yeah. Like, it's it's good. Like, some of the songs are good, but, like, it's, it's not as revolutionary as you think it is. You're just, like, clouded by another boy band.
1: But I think, um, I don't know. I don't, like, necessarily agree, because I think sometimes, like... Okay,
0: BTS fan.
1: Oh, literally? Okay, BTS fan. But, like, I think sometimes people just, like, really want a sense of community. And, like, it might... I don't know if it's, like, being clouded by another boy band, but I think it's, like, sometimes people just see, like, oh, that has a really strong community, and I want something to have a sense of community and And, like, even if you're not necessarily, like... Pops. But, like, the
0: BTS fan, you need to know the lore to be you, in there.
1: You need to know the lore. Like, also- you can't
0: just, like, join to, like, have friends. That's- Trust me, I tried to get in. <laughs> it's tough.
1: Yeah. um, Cassie's experience, real. um, Yeah. But, anyways, I think... um. Yeah, they're what? OK, wait, what do you think the motivations for like joining and participating in fandom are like, what do you what do you see as like the factors of like,
0: I think the factor is the artist, at least for me, that's like the like, I'm not going to join a fandom if I don't like the artist. except for the BTS fandom. I just want to be in it.
1: <laughs> OK, that's true. I would be in the BTS fandom just to, like say I did it.
0: No, yeah, like it's so hard to get in. <laughs> it's harder to get in than TC and J.
1: That is so real wow put that on a shirt i would sell it and buy it um so we've talked a lot about fandoms um and like different fandoms that we've like been a part of or witness but what we haven't really gotten into is how the social media platform that you're involved in with the fandom affects the fandom itself um because like literally like you know how in divergent they're like factions yeah different like social media platforms are like the different factions of fandoms, which fandomception right there am I right, ladies?
0: you ever see inception? No, it was not good.
1: it wasn't what was the worst part about it?
0: okay, actually, I think i'm cloud I keep saying clouded. no, I think I'm biased because I saw it in like two like ten years after it came out, mm. so I was like, this is not that revolutionary, but maybe if I would have seen it in two thousand and ten, I probably would have thought it's revolutionary, but literally the whole thing. Like, I know the concept is that it's a dream inside a dream, but that's literally the only concept. Like, people are like, oh, my God, Inception. It's like, yeah, I know. (laughs) Anyway.
1: Anyways. Okay. So how the platform affects the fandom. So we have a couple of, like, different, like, social media platforms listed out. We're going to go through how we think they affect the fandoms that are, like, on those platforms. Alright, so starting with Twitter, what's your perception of, like, how, like, being on Twitter shapes being in a fandom?
0: Well, we kind of talked about it already, but Twitter is, like, it used to be, at least, if you're not on Twitter. I think it still kind of is. If you're not on Twitter, you will miss a lot. Um, You will miss stuff from the artists themselves tweeting things. but now a lot of of them post on Instagram the same thing, Mm -hmm. just as much, because we have, like, Instagram stories, but... Twitter used to be, like, the place... Because also that's, like, where you would get, like, f- interaction with the artist. So Twitter was, like, the... It used to be the place to be. Mm.
1: To I, belong. To belong. Wow. That's deep. That's real. Um, I think, like, when I think of Twitter, I think it's, like, the edgier, like... <laughs> um, the edgier, more, like, like snappy version of the fandom um yeah
0: like all the drama would be on twitter
1: yeah like that's where like like i think the word i'm thinking of is like ruthless like i think because it was like just words you could like i don't know i i was always like afraid of like twitter stands whenever i was in a fandom so i was always an instagram stand myself like that's that was my platform of choice me too yeah um but and then i think also twitter is for like updates like you Mm. get like facts on twitter yeah yeah
0: um, Instagram, it came, although it, like, came out after Twitter, um, I was too young to have Twitter anyway, so I, I had Instagram before Twitter when I was, like, younger. So, yeah, I used to, I used to make fan pages, and then I would, like, forget about them.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, I was always an Instagram, um, stan myself, like, when I was... <laughs> When I was a marina stan, I was always on I was always on the gram and then also I was a brony um which is like funny because I look back and like I was literally like 11 an 11-year-old girl like I was just their target demographic. Like I was literally mm-hmm. just my little ponies like target market and I was still like no, I'm a brony. Like what was going on? There? What's the difference? Brony is just like a My Little Pony fan. And like it's associated with like being a man. And like mm-hmm. but I was literally just a fan of the show mm-hmm. because it was marketed towards me. Um
0: so were you really a brony?
1: If you ask me when I was eleven, yeah, I was the biggest brony on planet Earth. But um looking back on it, I was literally just like a kid who liked a show. Like <laughs> um and yeah I was only like actively in the fandom for like a couple of months. Um, But, um, yeah, my place of choice was Instagram. And I would make, like, edits and, like, drawings and stuff. I was literally just a kid. Like, I literally was just, like, a kid who liked to show. But, um, yeah.
0: Yeah, I never made edits, but I enjoyed them Mm. on Vine, which we didn't even list because Vine has died. (laughs) Rest in peace. Um,
1: Vine was, like, so big, though, for, like, fandoms. Because I'm thinking about the amount of, like, iconic Vine edits that like, like for One Direction, I wasn't even like, a f- I was never like in the fandom, but I loved watching One Direction edits because they were just yeah. so good.
0: I know. I used to watch, I remember I used to watch like 21 Pilots edits and I wasn't a fan of theirs. Yeah. Just because they were funny. Literally. Because, well, Vine would be like, they would only be showing the like, you only had six seconds. So like, they had to be funny.
1: Yeah. You had to like pack it in. With, yeah. With like
0: sillies. But now there's like TikTok. I always think of TikTok as Vine's replacement, which like it, it low key isn't because it's like not the same at all. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it is because it's like it fills the void of like the alternate, the alternative to like the, quote, older social media platforms. Yeah. For older people, I meant.
1: Um, and like talking about Vine's replacement TikTok, I need to talk about Harry Potter shifting culture. I think the fandom like died out. It was like a very like quick, short-lived fandom. But basically, the fandom was an extension of the original Harry Potter fandom, Mm -hmm. where it was fans of Harry Potter created a TikTok community dedicated to trying to. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Dedicated to trying to put themselves like to sleep and like lucid dream Mm -hmm. for like several months to a year at a time well
0: like shift reality yeah not like sleeping
1: but like isn't that like what shifting is like just like falling asleep no i
0: think you're supposed to shift during the day it's just like being delusional during the day (laughs) (laughs)
1: like yeah it's just like being delusional but like it was like a real thing and that was a fandom that was an extension of a fandom yeah. It's like crazy. Yeah, that was exclusively on TikTok. I don't remember seeing that on like Instagram or anything. And I haven't had Twitter in a while, so I don't know if it was on Twitter. But
0: yeah, I didn't have um, TikTok. I just knew I I didn't know about like Harry Potter shifting, but I saw like people were always trying to like shift, and they were like, "Oh my God, don't shift into this universe <laughs> this person's like this," and it was just like people being delusional. True. Yeah.
1: So next we have Tumblr listed. I haven't like gone on Tumblr like actually in like a really long time, mm-hmm. but Tumblr was like the hub of like fandom culture and like nerd culture, geek culture, like all of those things. Like Tumblr was like the hub for it. Mm-hmm. Um I think like being like a fangirl was like synonymous with like being a Tumblr user for a little while.
0: Yeah, I I like got on Tumblr after that era. Mm-hmm. And then I, like, didn't know how to use it. So then I was like, why is everyone saying this is the best place to be? And then I kind of understood it, but like I said, it was, like, too late, so. True. And now Tumblr is, like, dying. Rest in peace. Kind of sad. Kind of sad.
1: I think um, something about Tumblr that's funny is the fact that, like, it became, like, it became, like, a, a cultural thing in itself to, like, be on Tumblr. Like, I'm thinking about... I like your shoelaces yeah i got them from the president um like that thing it was like a secret code mm-hmm. to tell if someone you were talking to was a tumblr user and yeah. it's like it was literally just like a website like it was like very popular it had like millions of users and yeah
0: it was like the like people thought they were divergent for using tumblr <laughs> instead of twitter
1: <laughs> like true but um yeah and i think being on tumblr like effects um affected like the fandom because like people were just kind of like unhinged on tumblr like they would like lie constantly
0: <laughs> i know literally every story on tumblr is so made up and back then i believed him
1: yeah true um and like also i think like tumblr you have like a sense of like being anonymous because it's like you have a personal instagram you can have like a personal twitter a personal tiktok you like it wasn't like a, a thing really to have like a personal tumblr It was, like, a website that was, like, almost exclusively used for, like, your hobbies and interests, um, so, yeah, I think it made people just kind of, like, unhinged, I don't know.
0: Yeah, everyone was, like, just comfortable lying, because, like, there was no way to know who was saying it. True. And, like, you didn't really, like, add friends on Tumblr. True. At least, yeah. True. Um, so now we're going to talk about the issues that surround fandoms, um... First, this isn't really an issue, or, like, it's not an issue for the way you might think. Like, a lot of fandoms are teenagers, or primarily teenage girls, and they're the ones who are, like, running off of, like, pure obsession, which can, like, for some reason, triggers men. What do you think?
1: I think that... A lot of men will just belittle, like, female-leaning interests in general. Um, like, if a girl, okay, I have two examples. Say a girl likes something that is, like, traditionally feminine to enjoy, like One Direction. Mm -hmm. If she were to, like, tell that to a man, she might, like, not saying this would happen all the time, but, like, she might receive a scoff, like, oh, of course you would like that. Oh, you're so, like, frivolous for, like, liking, like, traditionally feminine things. Mm Mm-hmm. But on the, like, flip side, if you're a girl who likes traditionally, like, male-dominated things, like, if you're a girl who likes, um, like, if you're, like, in the Star Wars fandom and you're a girl, you're, depending on, like, how you're perceived, you're either, like, oh, my God, like, you're, like, way too, um, like, you're lying. You, like, wouldn't actually like that. You're saying it for attention, Mm -hmm. which is, like, who's saying they like Star Wars for attention? Um, Mm -hmm. I rest my case. Like, it's either that or it's, like... Oh my God! You're like a rare unicorn in the fandom, and you're so beautiful. And like I think, depending on how you're like perceived um, as a girl in like fandom, like you will like it's very hard to be like treated normally for the things you like. You're Mm -hmm. always gonna be like tokenized or like belittled in some way.
0: And you have to like, you have to like prove that you're allowed to be there. Like Mm -hmm. when men, the classic like, you're wearing like a band shirt, and they're like, name three songs like is if, this a test
1: <laughs> if someone ever did that to me I would literally like lie to their face even if it was like my favorite artist I'd be like I have never listened to a single song by this band ever and um but like even if you
0: didn't like what's the big deal
1: it's literally a shirt sure- like they don't have any more ownership over the band than you yeah do. than you
0: do just cause like I don't
1: know they're not friends with them like they think they are they think they are get over yourself mm-hmm. anyways taking it back a notch
0: yeah do you want to read um the research you found
1: yes okay so actually wait. i'm just gonna look up what these people are Mm -hmm. because i want to know and i okay wait okay yeah they okay yeah so i was doing a little bit of research on fandoms um and like fan culture Um, And I found this quote from these sociologists who focus on, like, television and media consumption. Um, So Gatson and Reed in 2012 said, The default fanboy has a presumed race, class, and sexuality. White, middle class, male, and heterosexual. Why is it that white heterosexual males, who arguably have the highest status in our patriarchal society, voluntarily choose to lower their social status by participating in fandoms? Um, and then I found another quote that was, um, the notion of needing to grow up is very present in our society. And this is one lens with which society often uses to view participants of fandoms. They simply need to grow up. Therefore, especially among white participants, fandom is viewed as a safe way to experiment with a new identity while still having the opportunity to return to the white norms from which they had deviated. In like male dominated fandoms like Star Wars or, like, Star Trek or, like, anything that has, like, a traditionally, like, male-dominated, um, uh, fan base, anyone who deviates from that is seen immediately as an outsider because they aren't, like, the default, um, and, yeah, I just thought the quote was really interesting because I'd never thought about fandom in that way, but that is, like, that's something I just found really interesting. Oh, and also, um, and an author mel stanfill wrote an article called doing fandom misdoing whiteness heteronormativity racialization and the discursive construction of fandom and in it he argues that one of the qualities of fandom participation is that it is constructed as ultimately correctable so like it is built to be like destroyed so i don't know i just didn't realize how much like actual like literature there was about fandoms and how many like studies there actually were done about it because in my head fandoms like a bubble that doesn't exist outside of like the internet so mm-hmm. i just thought it was interesting how much research there was about it
0: when it comes to like like we said the default fanboy it's like it's like his birthright to be a fan of like maybe star wars or like we said like alternative music or like classic rock or even like sports. That's good for them. Good for you for like knowing that much and like being involved in a fandom. But then when it's a teenage girl who's like obsessed with a boy band or something like that, it's like that's weaponized against them. It's like, "Oh my god, you're so obsessed and like why don't you spend your time doing more important things?" And it's like teenage girls made the Beatles famous, mm-hmm. and now men want to, like, take responsibility for that. Meanwhile, it was literally the same thing happening in the 60s, where people were like, oh my god, these girls are obsessing over these guys, and now the Beatles are known as the standard, are known as the standard of music. But if, like, if you would have bullied those girls enough to where they stopped obsessing over them, then where would the Beatles be? True. So we mentioned a little before about, like, fandoms that have sub-fandoms that come out of them. But it's... We didn't really fully explain. My idea of that is when somebody is part of a fandom, say it's, like, a musical artist they love, and that musical artist is a part of their own fandom. Like, say, say Taylor Swift loves Harry Potter... Then, like, say a Swifty would be like, oh my god, I want to like what my favorite artist likes. So I'm a Harry Potter fan. We kind of said it with Jack Antonoff. It's the same where, it's the same thing where it's like, since they're not purely enjoying something because it's something that sparked their interest, they're liking it because their artist liked it. It just creates, like, a, a fan base based off of, like, a lie. Because it's like, do you actually like Harry Potter or are you just liking something because someone else likes it which is not authentic authentic to yourself
1: i think um an example of this could be seen in um one direction's niall horan his like whole thing was like loving nando's or whatever Mm -hmm. i don't even know if that's how you pronounce it yeah but like people would like eat nandos because um uh Oh my god, I literally just said his name and I already forget what it is. Nile. Niall, oh my god. One Direction fans do not come at me. Um, But, yeah, I think, like, people would, like, enjoy Nandos because of Niall. And obviously it's different. You don't become, like, a Nandos stan. But I just think that, like, speaks to the level of, like, like if you are a, a really hardcore stan of something or if you're, like, a really big fan or you're in the fandom, like, you will, like, let the fandom and you will let your interests in that artist, like consume your life and like i've been there because like true um like i can't even think of a specific example but like i like when i would be like really into something in like middle school early high school like i would let that become like like all of my interest um Mm -hmm. so yeah
0: yeah i think it is like it affects i think we said in the other the other episode it affects like younger people more because they have nothing else to like base their personality off of Mm. which is valid because they haven't lived that long um but I think if you're like you have to like change your interests to fit in with a fandom Mm. like that's I think I said at the end yeah you're just you're not being authentic to yourself and the artist wouldn't want you to be inauthentic
1: Ooh, I think the artist would want you to do whatever gives them the most money
0: true so maybe they actually would want you to pretend to like something.
1: Right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Should we talk about quick fandoms?
1: Yeah. Ooh, I want to talk about this because I'm passionate about it. Mm-hmm. Um, um. Okay. So something that I think is really funny, talking about Cassie's point about authenticity, I think it's really obvious to tell when, like, a new band or a new, like, product or a new movie or something is like pushing for a fandom like you can like tell when there's like a campaign that's been like crafted up for like a fandom to just like start out of something like Mm -hmm. or if a movie or a show or whatever makes like fandom worthy moments like an example being like if a new like um young adult like dystopian love triangle movie came out maybe like a marketing team would push for like a social media campaign that's like are you shipping hashtag this or hashtag this like it's like they're like capitalizing off of like fan culture in a way that's like really obviously like they just want more buzz about what their like movie or what their show or what their um band or whatever and I think a really big part of um, fan culture is that it has to be authentic or else it, like, doesn't work.
0: Yeah. These days, though, it, it ends up working because, like, people, people make fun of the efforts mm-hmm. to create a fake fandom. But then that just brings more attention to it. And then they do end up finding, like, their fandom.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But do you know what I mean about, like, I feel like... Do you have, like, an example? I don't have a specific, like, movie or TV show example, but, like, I think with, like, a lot of new, like, boy bands, like, a lot of the, like... Oh,
0: I thought of one. Like, kind of like, like, American Idol, if they have a boy band, like, they'll post them and be like, who's your fave? Yeah. It's like, we don't know them.
1: (laughs) It's like, I don't know them like that. Um, But just, like... Yeah, like, pushing for a fandom where, like, a fandom isn't organically is, like, I always find that so funny because it's, like, it literally just has to, like, come naturally. Mm -hmm. Like, you just have to, like, find something that you like, like it enough, and, like, deeply invest yourself in it, or else it, like, will be, like, superficial, and it will, like, fizzle out in, like, a couple of months, and it will just be a hyper fixation like, the BTS mood stabilizer girl. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Like, if the the Lorax tried to make their own fandom, like, they they didn't even have to put in the work cause like the fans found what stood out, stood out to them. Mm -hmm. And that was enough. Exactly. Which is so So you asked before what you asked me what I think drives a fandom. And I said, I think it's the love for the artist or whatever the sport, music, TV show. But what do you think drives it?
1: I think, um, people join fandoms when they want to, like a sense of community i kind of brought this up earlier like obviously i think like the base level is like you have to like what you're like you have to at least sort of like what you're like becoming a fan of like hopefully that's implied if you're a fan you like the music you like the band you like the sport you like the whatever Mm -hmm. but i think like the sense of community that comes from a fandom is like unparalleled to like anything like you can't even get that from like just a friend group Mm -hmm. um like personally i would like the support and sense of community that comes with like friends opposed to just like being part of like a a fan group if I had to choose Mm -hmm. but um like the idea that like you're a part of something bigger than yourself and the idea that like you feel directly responsible maybe not responsible you feel directly involved in like the artistry happening because you have like you are supporting them so you kind of have like kind of like a say I guess like you some people might get into it because of again liking the artist but like the idea of like having that sense of like knowledge about the artist that might come like superiority like that's definitely a thing for some people mm-hmm. but i think like in general the desire for a community built around like a mutual hobby or a mutual interest is like what drives people to like fandoms and also i think like a lot of creatives end up in fandoms like a lot of like artists a lot of um uh, like graphic designers, a lot of, um, like short video editors and like video people. I think it's like no coincidence that like, uh, artists or like creative people like, or TV shows or like anything like that. Um, those people and those, uh, media and like things will get fandoms filled with like really also creative people who like want to make even more content for the movie TV show, whatever. I just think it's really interesting. Um, And some people are just, like, looking for an outlet of creativity.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think it... But you definitely do have to have the, like, interest or Mm -hmm. else you'll flop in the fandom. If you, (laughs) like... Like, if you don't know enough, like, you'll get clocked and then you'll be banished.
1: That is so true. Is that what happened to you in BTS?
0: I don't want to get into it. Okay, we don't have to. (laughs)
1: Um...
0: But on that note, um, thank you for listening this week. Um, If you are a part of a fandom, comment and tell
1: us what fandom. So true. Also, before we end, I want to bring up the fact that Ed Sheeran fans are, in fact, called Cheerios. Yeah.
0: True. Real. I don't know if he still claims that title anymore, but
1: good for them i was i was a cheerio cheerio i was a cheerio okay true but yeah thank you to everyone who all of our slumbies for listening to slumber party with cassie and bella yes
0: we'll see you or you'll hear us (laughs)
1: next week
0: (laughs) did you want to say something else okay never mind Bye.